Well, hello, Parkview. Want to say welcome to everybody uh, this weekend. I'm so glad that you have made the choice uh, to be here on all of our campuses in uh, New Lenox and out in Homer Glen, Orland Park, online. I'm so glad that you've made the choice to be here uh, this weekend. If you have a Bible with you or a smartphone or a tablet or something like that, however you locate scripture uh, these days, I want to ask you to find first Samuel chapter 17. It's in the Old Testament of the Bible. It may take you a little bit of time. 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is where we're going to be studying today. And what we're going to do in, in this kind of warrior series, this warrior mentality, is we're going to take a look at one of the greatest uh, battle scenes in the whole Bible, really. It's the story between David and the giant Goliath. And, and maybe you've heard of this story for a whole lot of your life, uh, but today I think God's going to show us some amazing, maybe new, fresh things that we can apply to our lives. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, be locating that. And while you're doing that, let me tell you just a little bit about what's going on as, uh, as the curtains kind of open up, if you will, on the story of David and Goliath. What happens is this, when this story begins, there's uh, the Philistine army and there's the Israelite army, and they're standing on two sides of a valley. And so they're kind of up on these hillsides, looking down into this valley where potentially they will come and fight. And what would happen in this day and age when, when countries and nations were going to war is sometimes instead of just sending everybody down to battle, they would pick their biggest, strongest warrior. And they would send, each send their warrior out into the middle of the battlefield. And they would get into a fight and they would be fighting not only for themselves, but they would also be fighting for their whole country. And if they experienced victory, they would experience victory for themselves, but also for their entire nation. So that's kind of what's going on in the story of David and Goliath. And on the side of the Philistines, you have this huge warrior named Goliath. You've probably heard about him. You've maybe sang songs about him or, you know, different things in books. But there's a pretty good description of Goliath given to us in the book of 1 Samuel. Let's take a look at how he's described. It says, a champion named Goliath who was from Gath. Just sounds like a kind of a brutal place to be from, doesn't it? I mean, where are you from? I'm from Gath. How would you like to be from Gath? He's from Gath. Goliath from Gath. It says he came out of the Philistine camp and he was over nine feet tall and he had a bronze helmet on his head and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. Now I've just added some of these parentheses in there for you. That's like 200 pounds of armor that he has on him. It continues on. On his legs, he wore these bronze greaves, which are kind of like a shin guard or, or something like that. And he had a bronze javelin that was slung on his back. And he had a spear shaft that was like a weaver's rod. And its iron point weighed 600 shekels. That's like 25 pounds. So just the point of his spear was like 25 pounds. And then it says his shield bearer went ahead of him. So here you have this huge giant, this huge warrior coming out into this valley uh, to, to fight on behalf of the Philistines. He's over nine feet tall. He has 200 pounds of armor and, and he has this huge spear, but he also, his shield is so big. He has this little guy running around in front of him carrying his shield. He has a shield bearer. 
And the deal is this, that really nobody in the Israelite army wanted to face this guy. So Goliath kept coming out and just taunting them. Now, what we do need to understand is the person from the Israelite army on the other side who should have faced Goliath was this guy named Saul, King Saul. He was the captain of the army. And, and it even says in the Bible that Saul stood head and shoulders above all the other Israelites. So Saul was a big guy. He was, he was kind of like a warrior. He's the guy who should have fought Goliath. But even, <laughs> he, he wasn't dumb. Even he didn't want to fight this, you know, nine foot tall warrior. So what was happening is that for 40 days, mornings and evenings, this guy Goliath is coming out, taunting these Israelites, asking them to send somebody so that they can battle, so that they can go to war. Now, meanwhile, while all of this is happening, Far removed from the battlefield, there's this guy named David. And David is a shepherd. And one day he's just with his sheep and his dad comes and finds him. And his dad says, hey, David, I need you to take some food to your brothers because your brothers are on the front line of this battle. So I want you to leave your sheep and take some food to him. So David takes the food and he heads off towards the front lines of the battle. And here's what I want you to know, Parkview. David had no idea, no idea that in just a matter of hours, he was going to face the greatest challenge of his life. He had no idea. And here's what I want to do right now. I want to just push pause right here. Before we continue on with the story, let's just push pause for a moment. Because I really do believe that some of you on all of our campuses, some of you watching online right now, you're just around the corner from a life-changing encounter. You're just a few hours or a few days or a few weeks away from facing a giant, right? I mean, we all have giants in our lives, right? I mean, we all have these things in our lives that, that kind of tower over us, these circumstances and these situations that, that just seem to tower over us. Your giant for you in your life, for instance, might be... Uh, like your boss at work, and, and, and he or she is just kind of seems huge and, and domineering, and, and they kind of keep you down. Maybe it's your boss at work, or maybe the giant in your life is like a teacher at school, a professor at college, or, or something like that. Or, or maybe for you, uh, your giant is like this little two- or three-year-old toddler <laughs> that lives in your house, right? And they're so tiny, and they're so small, but like they dominate you, right? This toddler has such power. It's unbelievable. Maybe that's your giant. Maybe your giant is some kind of debt that you just can't seem to get away from. Maybe your giant is some sort of degree that you're trying to earn and you just, you don't think you're ever going to earn this degree. Or maybe it's a disease and you're really trying to battle this thing, but it just keeps seeming like it's winning. It keeps challenging you and towering over you, this disease does. Or maybe it's bitterness or loneliness, fear, anxiety, jealousy, and these things continue to invade your life even though you don't want them to. Maybe your giant is that you're single 
And you want more than anything in the world to be married, but you're not married yet. And so your giant kind of every day that you face in your life is this whole idea that I'm still single even when I thought I would be married. Or maybe your giant is that you're unemployed. Or maybe that you just feel like you're unnoticed. Or maybe your giant is some kind of habit or some kind of addiction that, that you can't seem to defeat. I'm not sure what your giant is. But here's what I want to ask you to do, Parkview. Push and pause here. Before we continue on with the story, here's what I want to ask you uh, to do, okay? I want to ask you just to fill in this blank on the screen in, in your mind. Here it is. My giant is. My giant is what? Is it a person? Is it a situation? Is, is it a circumstance? My giant is. Just write that on your program this weekend or or just fill that blank in in your mind. Here's what my giant is. Here's what I'm facing. Here's what's towering over me. And now with this in your mind, with this giant in your mind, let's do this. Let's unpause the story and let's begin to walk slowly through this battle between David and Goliath. And every so often we'll pause again and I'm gonna make some observations and some applications to our lives because here's what I believe with all my heart. I believe that the very same things that helped David successfully defeat Goliath are the very same principles that are going to allow you and me to defeat the giants that exist in our lives. So if you're taking notes this weekend, and I hope you will, there's like four or five things I'm going to want you to write down. So if you're taking notes, even if you don't usually take notes, I'm going to ask you to take some notes. Here's the very first thing that you have to think about when you're facing giants. This is what David did. First of all, he had proper motives. David had proper motives. When you're going after a giant, you got to check your motives. Let's take a look at this scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? That's Goliath. He comes out to defy Israel and the king will give him great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter's hand in marriage and he will exempt his family from taxes. So whoever kills this guy, he's gonna get the daughter's hand in marriage. He's gonna get lifetime tax exempt status basically and he's gonna get all kinds of riches. And take a look at what David's comeback is to all of that. Here's what David says. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done? What? What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? And then he goes on to show what he's thinking. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this guy? Time out. Hold on a minute. Who's this guy who's going to defy the armies of God? You see, what I want us to realize is that David's motives for doing this weren't all the riches. They weren't the lifetime tax-exempt status. It wasn't having the king's daughter in marriage or anything like that. David was saying, hey, 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 listen. Who is this guy who's defying the armies of the living God? Here's the thing, Parkview. The first thing to check when you and I begin to confront the giants in our lives is our motives. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to be successful? Why do I want this position? Why do I want this money? Who am I trying to make famous? Myself or God? 
You see, I think one of the cool things about David in defeating Goliath is that he had the proper motives. And you want to know how I know, and I believe with all my heart that David had the proper motives? Here's, here's how I know. It's because he never bragged about it. He never bragged about it. And, and for those of you, especially those of you who've been in church for a long time and those of you who've been studying the Bible for a long time, you got to really zone in with me here when I talk about how David never bragged about it. Think about this. David was like a master musician. He was a master author. He was a master poet. Many of David's writings, many of his songs we have in the Bible, they're called the Psalms. The Psalms in our Bible are David's writings. Those are David's songs. And the reason I believe that David had the proper motives is that he never wrote a psalm about it. He never even wrote a psalm about this whole event. I can promise you, you can look through your entire Bible and you're not going to find one single psalm that starts out by saying something like, so I woke up this morning and killed me a giant. You're just, you're not gonna, you're not gonna find that in the Bible. But of course, me on the other hand, if I had killed Goliath or some kind of big battle like that, I would have, you know, I mean, I would have written a book about it, right? You know, it would have been called Giant Killer and on the cover there would have just been a picture of a dead giant and I would have gone on a giant tour, you know, of telling people how to kill their giants and I would have a website about it and I'd have a Twitter account and my Instagram feed, my whole Instagram feed would just like be the picture of Goliath's head, right? That's just, that would be my whole Instagram feed is I would have pictures from the top. You know, here's Goliath's head from the top and here's Goliath's head from the side. And that's what I would do if I won some huge battle like this. But that is not what David does. He never even brags about it. You know why? Because I think he knew that he was not doing this for his glory, but for God's glory. Whenever you're getting ready to battle a giant in your life, you got to check your motives. Why am I doing this? That's the first thing David did. The second thing David did was this, is he overcame discouraging words and criticism. He overcame discouraging words and criticism. Let's take a look at this as well in 1 Samuel chapter 17. When Eliab... David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the men. He burned with anger and he asked him, why, can you see his tone here? Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? See how demeaning that is? Why did you come down here? Who did you leave your few sheep with in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Pretty amazing, huh? Pretty amazing. David starts coming in to decide what's going on, maybe defend Israel and whoever this Philistine is who's defying the armies of the living God, and we find that his brother gets all critical. Well, let me ask you this, Parkview. Have you ever had your family, have you ever had a family member be critical? Have you ever been hurt? by a family member? Have you ever announced to your family that you were going to attempt something and instead of them praising you, they begin to criticize you? 
It's hard, isn't it? You know, when you think your family should be your biggest fans and they turn out to be your biggest critics, it hurts. I know when I was, you know, just a little kid, I, you know, used to have this t-shirt that I would wear all around. And, and maybe you guys had a t-shirt kind of like it. It, it. it simply said this, I don't get mad, I get even. I get even. So if somebody in my family or one of my friends gets at me, then I get back at them. Somebody makes me feel small, you know, I make them feel even smaller, that sort of thing. When somebody hurts you, you hurt them back. That's oftentimes what we do, but that is not what David does. This is how we can learn from him today. Look at what David does. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 29 and 30. Look at what he does. He says, now what have I done? He's talking to his brother Eliab. Now what have I done, says David? Can I even speak? And then he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. He just speaks his mind to his brother and then he turns away to someone else and brings this whole deal up about Goliath again. And what's so striking to me is that David could have wasted a whole lot of his time and energy just arguing and fighting with his brother, right? But, but David doesn't do that. And you know why I think David doesn't do that? Is because somehow David knows that this is the story of David and Goliath, right? Not the story of David and Eliab. We haven't been reading the story of David and Eliab for centuries going, oh, we got to see the story of David and Eliab and, you know, how he got back at his older brother and all that kind of stuff. That wouldn't make a very great story. And David knows that's not the story. David knows it's the story of David and Goliath. So he states his position and then he just turns away. He doesn't spend the next 10 chapters fighting with his brother. He doesn't spend the next two or three days of his life fighting with his brother. And there's no indication that this criticism wrecks his life. And let me tell you this, something I've learned from experience and something I've learned from studying the Bible. When you get serious, whoever you are, wherever you are on any of our campuses, when you get serious about standing up to giants in your life, there's a really good chance that some people around you are going to be threatened by that and so they're going to begin to criticize you. And you know why they're going to criticize you? Because you represent what they know they should be doing. That's a big part of the reason that people criticize us because we represent something they know that they should be doing. In the case of David and his older brother Eliab, Eliab had been down there at the battle, you know, for weeks and weeks. And, and he's the one, you know, who was probably thinking, gosh, I'm the oldest brother. I should go out and maybe try and fight Goliath. And then here comes the youngest brother and he says he's going to do it. So, so Eliab feels a little bit, you know, uh, guilty and a little bit ashamed and a little bit embarrassed. And so he begins to criticize his brother. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, when you start to face giants, you will get criticism. You just will. It comes with the territory. And what you can do in your life is you can get all defensive and you can spend all kinds of your time trying to straighten out all of those critics, you know, how they're not right about you in this and they're not right about you in that. Or you can just decide to say, you know what? I am not gonna allow my critics to determine my future. I'm just not going to do it. 
I'm not gonna allow my critics to determine my future. Whenever you start facing giants, you're gonna get critics, but don't let them determine your future. Just don't do it. Here's another thing we can learn from David. This is huge. And that is that David gained strength from facing everyday challenges. He gained strength from just everyday normal challenges. Let's take a look at this scripture also in 1 Samuel chapter 17. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. It's pretty amazing. I mean, he, he, he goes after it. A lion or a bear comes and grabs a sheep. He doesn't just let the sheep die. He goes after it. He strikes it and grabs it out of his mouth. He goes on to say, and when it turned on me, when the lion or the bear turned on me, I seized it by its hair. Is this just like, a, a, like some kind of UFC warrior kind of dude? He seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. That's one of my favorite sections of scripture in this story of David and Goliath. It's so cool because when, when the lion and the bear came running at David and his sheep, guess what? David could have easily just run and let that sheep just die, right? I mean, if lions and bears came running at me and they got a sheep, that sheep would be dead. That's what would happen to that sheep. It would be dead. But that's not what he does. He doesn't run. He, he decides to stay there and he decides to, to fight and he decides to stand firm and he gained huge strength from just these normal, everyday challenges, fighting the lions, fighting the bears, being a shepherd, that sort of thing. And what's interesting to me is in verse 37 there, what David doesn't say, David does not say, listen, because of all of this, I've learned that I can defeat lions and bears. That's not what he says. He says, because of all this, I've learned that God who delivered me from the hands of the lion and the bear will also deliver me from this challenge as well. You see, David knows. David knows something that all of us should know. And that is we're not gonna be able to defeat these giants, these lions, these bears, the big things or the little things on our own. We're gonna need God's strength. He's gonna need to be the one who defeats these things in our lives. And all of us have, all of us have lions and bears in our lives, don't we? I mean, we all have challenges that enter into our everyday lives. These may not be like huge, massive, Goliath type of challenges. They're just kind of lions and bears. Maybe it's just a tough project at work or something like that that's intimidating you or, or getting you down. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe you have a neighbor that is just mean. I mean, they're just a mean person and they're like that lion or that bear in your life. Or, or maybe for you, it's that very last class that you're trying to get done so you can complete that degree. It's just like a lion and a bear that you need to battle that thing. Or maybe for you, it's a difficult phone call 
that you know you need to make with somebody and talk to them about something that's going on between you. Here's what I know. No, no matter what that lion is, no matter what that bear is in your life, in my life, here's what I know to be true about you. Here's what I know to be true about me. And here's what I know to be true about David. If you wanna write something else down in your notes, take a look at this, write this down. Here's what I know to be true. If you want to experience victory in life's greatest challenges tomorrow, you must be faithful in life's little challenges today. If you wanna have big victories tomorrow, you have to be diligent and fight and have some of those little victories today. You see, here's the thing. You and I cannot just decide at the last moment to be a giant killer. You can't just decide, hey, I'm gonna go kill me a giant. It takes time to build up to that. You have to get some little victories along the way in order to kill and destroy those huge giants in your lives. It's the small scale, oftentimes it's those small scale, almost seemingly insignificant battles, those insignificant, it seems like, decisions that you and I face in our life today that enable us to experience these huge victories in our life tomorrow. The reason the reason that David could go fight against this giant Goliath is because he had all of these other experiences, all of these other victories with God, all of these other times when he and God had collaborated and worked together that he could reflect on. And as he reflected on all of those, it gave him strength to go face his Goliath. And I promise, I promise, it's the same way for you, and it's the same way for me. David gained strength from just facing those everyday challenges, those lions and bears that come running into our lives. And then here's the very last thing I want you to see in our study today, and that is that David defeated his giant. David defeated his giant. And I'll promise you this, Parkview, I promise you that Goliath never counted on some shepherd boy being the one who came down to battle him. Some shepherd boy, you know, that had no armor, he had no sword, he had no spear. I mean, this shepherd boy had no real warrior experience. And this is the guy that comes down to face Goliath. I guarantee you he did not count on that, but that's exactly what happened. And let's take a look at how this begins to wrap up here. First Samuel chapter 17. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. I'm coming against you with something even more powerful, the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and I'll cut off your head. I don't, I don't know that he said it like that. I mean, that's, that's, I kind of added that in. I'll cut off your head. But he, he, that's what he said. He said, I'm going to cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. 
Is that amazing? And those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you, all of you, your whole nation into our hands. It's an amazing thing that transpires there. And most of you know kind of how that story ends. Probably all of you know how that story ends. He goes and he picks up some stones, he picks up some rocks, and he has his sling, and he slings it, you know, at Goliath's head, and he knocks him down, and indeed, he goes up, grabs his sword, and chops off his head. Chops off Goliath's head. He defeats his giant. And that leads us into a super smooth, easy Next step for us today. As we head out into this new week, as we head out of this weekend, here's our next step. It's kind of a similar next step to this whole study we've been in for the last 25 or 30 minutes. It's simply, simply this. What giant do you need to face this week? What giant is in your life? Is it a person? Is it a situation, a circumstance? that just seems to tower over you, then I would just encourage you with everything I have in me today that if you're getting ready to face some sort of giant in your life, that you would just remember that you gotta start out with the proper motives. You gotta say, why do I want to win this victory? Is it for me or is it for God? Is it so I can look really good or is it so that God can look really good? What are your motives? Then also remember, if you're gonna go face a giant this week, that you gotta be ready for some discouraging words. Because people are going to be, they're going to be threatened probably as you stand up to these things. And they're going to criticize you. So, so you got to be ready for that in, in your life. And, and then you got to be ready to come about, about with victory. You got to be ready to reflect on the little victories you've had with God that can lead to this big victory that maybe you're heading into this week or next week or next month. I also want you to know this before we wrap up, before we pray, before we head out into a new week. This whole story of David, the whole story of David isn't some big story that's all about his amazing accuracy and skill with a slingshot. So he slung it just right and he hit him. It's not about that. It's not about David's incredible risk tolerance that he would come down there and he was going to be so bad and he was going to stand up against this guy. He's, he's so willing to take risks. That's not what this story is about. This story is about the power of God. It's about the power of God to come alongside and in us and through us and defeat the giants in our lives. It's the story of God and how he empowers his warriors towards victory in their lives. Amen? Let's pray together today. God, thank you so much for the opportunity we have for this last half hour to just study a section of scripture that's probably familiar to all of us, whether we've been in church a lot or just a little bit. But God, I pray today that you have breathed some new life into us. I pray that you have shown us some new things, some new principles that we can take out into this week. And God, I pray that no matter what victories we might win this week or next week or next month or next year, no matter what victories we might win, I pray that when we do that, we would be quick to give you the praise and the glory 
and the honor for empowering us to those things in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.